0: Yeah, we are. I wake up, I feel it, those ears are back again. Refresh this em, can make 'em ever fade. Everything am I good enough? Do I measure up? Feels like a war I can't win. But I was given a spirit of fear, I was given the power of love. Yeah, I was. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be fearless. No holding back, no backing down. Fearless,
1: because I believe you're with me
0: now. This is Jasmine Murray, I'm just so you know. Lead me and I'll go. Come set me free. Yep. God, I wanna be. Fearless. I I want to be fearless. Yeah, we do. I, I want to be We'll fall at a single word. In your name, in your strength, you're more than a conqueror. I wasn't given the spirit of fear, I was given the power of love. Yeah, you were. Everything I've been fighting against, I'm gonna lift it up. I wanna be fearless. No holding back, no backing down. fearless. Because I believe you're with me now. Yeah, I do. hmm afraid. Yeah, we will. Not. Give me an F. Afraid. Give me an E. Give me an A-R-L-E-S-S. What's that spell? Fearless. Yeah, it does. People. <laughs> <laughs> and there we are, people. Raw. Give me an F. Give me an E. Wait. Give me an F. F. Give me an E. A. R. L. E. S. S. What does that spell? What does that spell? Yeah, it does. Fearless. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Alright, it's good. Uh, I don't know about you people, but... Oops.
1: (laughs) But you're having lots of fun. Yeah, you are.
0: Yeah, I am. Alright, so this is my purple pom-pom. Is this a pom-pom?
1: I guess I would call it that.
0: Really? Okay, so this is it. This, I got...
1: It's a little kind of a uh pom pom light I guess because it doesn't uh, you know
0: oh yeah well cuz it has the stick well these yeah.
1: do but you know I think of like NFL cheerleaders you know they're like um to an afro you know they're just huge
0: right <laughs> well this is this is something I got at the Ladies of Justice event I was one of the event holders well I was the top event holder yeah, I was. I was honored. And they gave me one of these. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they gave me some purple pearls and some earrings, too, to match. But I'm not wearing those, just so you know. Nope. But yes, Fearless. Actually, that was Jasmine Murray. And she was... the. That was actually the song that they played when they called my name up. <laughs> they called my name to go up. And... um. Be honored for one of the people that was the top event holder for Ladies of Justice. And it was kind of rather awkward, to be honest. Yeah, it was. Trace, Tracy, our uh, fellow associate who went to the event with me, she would tell you that. She'd say, you know, Stacy was kind of a scaredy cat. She <laughs> she went up and greeted all of the committee. It was like, high five. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so what I did was I ran, a, I ran behind and I stood behind everybody, <laughs> and then they called other people up, and I'm like, "See, there's proof right there, people, that I am shy." I know you, you probably don't think it because you know I come off pretty brave here behind the microphone, but in person, I, I really don't like a lot of people it's, at one time. It's kind of like
1: people on social media, you know, they'll be right out there with their opinions, but. Right. True. If you saw them in person, they'd be a little more reserved. Mm-hmm. Just saying.
0: Well, I'm reserved to a point. You know, if I have to get up and speak and, you know, aw, if mm. I have to get up and speak and at a, an event, I can do that. I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I'm a, actually a pretty good speaker, you know. I think I am. But... I do not like to, I really don't like to be the center of attention. I really don't. Yeah. I don't. I I am more of a one-on-one person. That's why I was honored with, with being a top event holder, because they count a one-on-one as an event. And so I submitted so many of those that I was one of the top people that did it, which still cracks me up on how I got there. I have no clue. But, but you know, I did have 15 pop-ups in one month. That's quite a bit.
1: Yeah, indeed. It's admirable, and as was recognized uh, in that breakout session and in other places. Yeah. But I'm with you. Uh, it's not about being the center of attention, but I'm perfectly comfortable uh, speaking to a room full of hundreds, especially if they're strangers. Right. And it's not about being the center of attention. It's just, it just feels more invisible. Right. If, if there's a dozen people in the room... Yeah. I'm very self-conscious because yeah. um, then, I don't know, it just seems more personal. If it's a large group, then it's a little more impersonal for me, and so it's more comfortable. But.
0: Well, one of the committee members told me because we were talking afterwards. She came up to me. She's like, you are kind of shy, aren't you? And I said, see? Yeah. I said, you know, I said, see? Okay, see, now you get it. And, and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, see? I said, I really am right on the line. Like fifty percent extrovert, fifty percent introvert, and like I said, I get I get my energy from people, but then I need to be away from people to get my energy back. <laughs> you know, and I don't know how many of you are like that, but, but... and
1: and this format uh, is like that because I here you are relatively alone. I mean, I'm right? sitting across the table, but you can't even see my face in person.
0: No, but I can touch your feet. Yeah can we
1: can play footsies under the table (laughs) but um but i know that you know that's kind of being introverted and that you're not with crowds but i know when there's no one watching you don't know if there's no if there aren't any comments something like that you don't feel the energy so it's so it's simultaneously being energized by people and also having your personal space so it's kind of the best of <laughs>
0: both worlds yeah yeah it is
1: your e and your i right here and and you're broadcasting
0: so i will say hi hi to barb over on youtube because she's there hi barb and there's a couple of people over on periscope i don't know how many because i can't really see any of our normal people in there because i don't know what's going on with periscope i guess mia's in there but i don't see because she just shared it out Maybe I should just refresh it for a second, because sometimes Periscope, like, stacked up, but whatever. Okay, anyway, uh, let's see. I'll refresh. There we go. Oh, now I see Sean and Mia. Okay, good. All right, well, anyway, if you're there, thank you for watching. If you're not, then I'm talking to nobody. <laughs> All right, so anyway, if uh, if you want to hear kind of the lowdown about what happened On our trip, we're not going to share that all here on the show. We will share maybe a couple other things on this show. But go back and watch my last episode over on Periscope. I think it was about a half hour uh, where I I was beat. I was just beat tired. I was I was tired. Uh, I am still a little bit tired. Um, It was a long week, not because it was just a long week, but because I got food poisoning and stomach flu. Our our flight was delayed. We had a sick dog that we had to get back to. Uh, we came back. Randall got sick. He got the stomach flu. I had my birthday. Our dog had emergency eye surgery, which was twenty three hundred bucks. Uh, on top of uh, about almost a nine hundred dollar vet bill when we got back, so it's like thirty what 30, 30, 3,400 bucks almost. Uh, yeah,
1: amortized over <laughs> the rest of his natural life. <laughs>
0: It's insane.
1: Uh, uh, it can all hey, be, Jeff is there too. For, yeah.
0: Right, but I do have a praise report. I have a couple of praise reports. Okay, first of all, I believe in giving God praise and glory, and this is part That's part cool. of how I'm going to share the show with today. So last night, um, I'm trying to debate. I'm trying to figure out where I want to go with because we are going to get to this story. And just so you know, if you're watching the replay it'll probably be in a half hour. Okay. Just so you know, see so if you don't want to hear any of this stuff, just scroll up for like a half, half hour. Cause that's probably when it's probably when we'll get to the lead story. Um, but we're going to talk about the word of God just for a second, but I, okay. So you know how, when you go through, you know, um, you walk your Christian life, right? And you're, you're living your life for the Lord the best that you can. Right. Okay. And a lot of things happen. And, you know, the Bible talks about how, you know, we can't serve two masters. We really can't, you know. And what are those two masters that he, he compares? It happens to be him and money, right? So God knew that we were going to have a, bo- a battle with money. He just knew we were. I mean, duh, hello, right? So, and and, and that's kind of how it is, right? In life, we all struggle With money, money is a big, huge issue. Money divides people. Money, money is, is, it's used for power and greed and to bless and to abuse. You know, I mean, money is, you know, money in itself is not evil, but the love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all sorts of evil. And so, you know, I believe God wants to bless his people financially. I do believe that. But I also believe that that not, he doesn't desire, well, I can't say that. I can't speak for God, but but I I I believe that not everybody gets blessed that way, but they are still blessed by God. Let me put it that way. So, um, so last night I went to this networking event and uh and I was talking to a friend of mine who's a realtor, and she's a very devout believer. And we got on this topic of of, uh, of a Halloween party because one of my friends invited me and Randall to a costume party, and she was there. And anyway, she was telling me about how um, how one day um, she was talking to somebody who was a Wiccan. And I guess she had broken her foot or something, my friend. And the Wiccan, the the witch, the Wiccan witch said, you know what, hey, don't worry, I'm going to do a chant for you later um, to help get your foot better. <laughs> to which my friend basically said, eh, no, that's okay, you don't have to do that, I'm good. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Well, it was a short time later, she was sharing with me that, um that all of a sudden she was enveloped in this darkness. And she said she couldn't even look at her wall and explain the darkness because it was not comprehensible. And she felt this pressure come against her. And she said all of a sudden she forgot every scripture she ever knew and she couldn't think of anything, but she was scared. And finally, through through a little time, She was able to cry cry out on the name of Jesus Christ. And when she did, it broke the oppressed darkness, the thing broke and it fled. Now she's telling me this, barely knowing me, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I believe this because I know that the Bible talks about, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against unseen powers, you know, of wickedness in dark places. And this is why in Ephesians chapter 6 it tells us to put on the full armor of God, you know, so that we might be able to withstand the wiles of the devil, right? We do live in a very dark age, and if you don't believe it, all you got to do is turn on the liberal media or any type of media that's not Christian media, and even even so-called Christian media isn't necessarily Holy Spirit sanctified media, right? So this came up as a result of the discussion about the Halloween party, and which I'm not gonna go to. I, I don't like Halloween. It's never been a, I've never been a costumed person. It's just not who I am as a person. I just don't celebrate that way. Um, but my friend made a very astute point and, and her point was that, that the enemy of our soul, the minions, the demons out there that that are real, they know who God's holy anointed children are, right? They know who we are. They, they know that, you know, God's call on our life. And they know that we are here waging war against their unfruitful deeds of darkness. We're, we are here to expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness, which, you know, they're unfruitful for God's kingdom. What?
1: Oh, just wonder what was bouncing against your microphone. It's making all sorts of noise there.
0: Weird, I don't know. Anyway, but anyway, so the enemy knows, right? The enemy knows that we're God's kids, okay? And so from the very beginning of our life, when God set you apart to serve him, you know, things have happened to you. And this is one thing she said to me. She said, you know, things have happened to you from the very beginning of your life. You know, the enemy has tried to destroy you. He's tried to hurt you in ways to help you, you know, to come back at God, to uh, basically tell God that you hate him and that you don't want anything to do with him, uh, you know, to do anything that, that he can to sway you from serving God from serving Christ who died for you, right? You know, from getting you to not believe in God. You know, I was thinking about it. I was thinking, yeah, you know, it's true. But how does that manifest itself today? Okay, so my whole life, you know, I went through all the abuse I went through and all that, and God brought me through it all. Uh, I don't wallow in any of that at all. But today, how does he do it? And I was telling Randall this last night. What he does is this constant, like, oh, yeah, yeah you know what? You know, God's not going to provide for you. Guess what? You know what? <laughs> when you went to California, you know what happened? I'm going to flood your kitchen. So now you've got a big mess in your house and you've got an extra expense. Now you're going to have to figure out how to pay for that. You guys are never going to get ahead, right? So then we go to this conference, this Legal Shield conference. What happens when we're gone? Our dog somehow gets injured we get smacked with thirty five hundred dollars extra in debt right i'm like ah, oh, you know and anyway it goes on i mean it's not just that there's other stuff too right but but like it's the financial attack right and so what better way to attack god's kid than to get them to dwell on like the attack of the enemy which which is you know what you know what i'm just gonna keep having all this stuff what randall got stomach flu after we got back I got food poisoning before we got back. (laughs) We almost had to pay for a flight, an extra flight, but we didn't because God was good. God provided. Uh, Randall's car didn't start the next morning after we got home. Does that mean he needed a new battery? Well, initially it kind of looked that way, but it turned out he didn't. So we were able to charge that. That was great. But again, it was like, you know. So anyways, last night when I'm talking to my friend and she made this comment I came home and I said to Randall, I said, you know, from now on, we can no longer declare that, you know, we can't afford anything, that we don't have the money for, fill in the blank, and that, you know what, we're not going to complain about what that visible circumstance is because we serve a God who created the whole world, right? The Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Which he does by the way and you know he he can send me a pair of shoes from Amazon anonymously somehow you know he can get me to target using a feminine pad coupon to meet somebody cuz he declares it so you know he can he can he can he, he can have my name drawn out of thousands of tickets from the legal shield stage of the main convention floor for a dinner, knowing I'm hungry, and moments before I said, wouldn't it be great if God just gave me that? (laughs) And he did. You know, so why do we doubt people? That's my question. And why do we fear when circumstances don't appear the way that we think? Right? So I want to read you out of Luke chapter nine, because as I've been thinking about this, you know, and I, and I know I'm 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 in my flesh, right? I'm gonna always waver. I'm gonna always stumble. I'm always gonna doubt. Probably, I'm not perfect. But so I was reading here in Luke chapter nine, beginning of verse twelve. It says this. <clears throat> it says, "Now the day was ending, and the twelve came and said to him, said to him, referring to Christ." send the crowd away that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get something to eat. For here we are in a desolate place." Now, first thing I noticed here was that the 12 were with him, right? The 12 disciples were were with the Lord. And clearly they had thousands of people hanging out with them, right? And the 12 saw the need of these 5,000 at least that were there and understood that they were hungry. They were probably grumbling. Some of them were. They were complaining, hey, I'm hungry, you know. And so the twelve basically was just saying, to The Lord, hey, you know what? Just send the crowd away. Send them away. So that they can go into the surrounding villages, because we're in we're in a desolate place, so that you know they can go get something to eat. And and then Jesus says to them, the the disciples, he said, You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless perhaps we go and buy food for all these people and i you know the first thing that that popped in my head when i saw that was you know i've read this a lot but here's the disciples looking at what they actually immediately had they had five loaves of bread which probably was enough to feed the 12 of them if you think about it, they probably could each have a half, maybe a quarter, if some of them didn't eat as much. And then they had two fish, and I don't know how big the fish were, but if they were regular sized fish, the two fish wouldn't have fed all 12. But the point is, they didn't have a lot of food, not certainly not enough to feed 5,000 people. But it goes on to say that Jesus said to his disciples, have them sit down and eat in groups of about 50 and so and so they did they had them all sit down and then jesus took the five loaves and the two fish he looked up to heaven he blessed them he broke them and giving them to the disciples he set before the people and they all ate and were satisfied and the broken pieces which they had left over were picked up 12 baskets full now i've heard a lot of people teach on this passage so i'm not going to do an in-depth teaching on here but what i will say that really stood out to me and it stood out to me before is that, you know, at least we don't see here in this particular text, the reaction to the crowd, you know, but obviously we do know from other texts parallel passages that, that everybody ate until they were satisfied, which means some of them probably had seconds, thirds, the 5,000 didn't include women and children. And what I can say is that at the very end, they had 12, baskets left, which to me, I find very significant because there were 12 disciples there. And so it was like, to me, God going, okay, look, little disciple guys, just so you know, we started out with five, five and two, but now we got, we got one for each of you. But don't miss what comes next. And this is, this is really important. Okay. So don't listen up. So, so then it goes, it goes on to say in verse 18, And it happened that while he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he questioned them, saying, Who do people say that I am? And they answered, said, John the Baptist. And others say, Elijah. But others, that one of the prophets of old has risen again. And he said said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. But he warned them and instructed them not to tell this to anyone, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake... He is the one who will save it. For what, is, for what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself or forfeits his soul, some versions say? For whoever is ashamed of me, in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I say to you truthfully, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. So what happens after this miraculous event where, where the Lord feeds all these people and the disciples barely had anything to give, what happens is they get a lesson and they get asked by the Lord, who do people say that I am? And they get the standard answers, right? Makes sense. But then who do you say that I am? And Peter declares who he is. He's the Messiah. That they had been waiting for, and of course, only the Messiah would be the one to do the miracles that he actually did. To my knowledge, there's probably no other recorded um, miracle that ever took place the way that we just read about, right? And so, the Lord, in both instances, when when you when you really read what you're 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 reading here, in both instances, what the Lord does with his disciples is he actually turns the focus back to who he is which goes contrary to our culture today in the church. Because, because even the opening song I, I sang, you know, Jasmine Murray's song, Fearless, that whole song is about you, not, not really the Lord, right? And I think that's why sometimes we have a hard time walking in faith because our faith that we're walking in is usually about us and what we see, what we believe. What we think in our little finite little minds, you know, will happen. And yet God is trying to get us outside that, that box that we think in. He's trying to get us to look outwardly and upwardly to who he is. Like, okay, he can feed anybody. He fed the, the Israelites in the desert, manna from heaven. He just dropped it down. How'd these guys survive all that time? Well, God fed them. You know, he told them specifically how much to eat and what not to do as well. And did the people do it? Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, you know, what happened when they disobeyed? Well, it went bad. Just saying. And they didn't have refrigeration like, you know, we do today. Um, and so let that be, um, you know, let that be an encouragement to you. Because, you know, because I think that we are living in days, especially in the church, where there's so much deception in the church, where, you know, it's really easy to go, oh, well, you know, we can't believe in that God. We can't believe in Jesus and who He is or who He said He was because, after all, look at blah, 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 on who they are. They say they follow that Jesus person, but look at their life. They're corrupt. They're immoral. They're sinners. They're liars. They're greedy. They're this. They're that. Blah, 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 blah. And again, the enemy is so clever, he gets us to look over here instead of look over at who Christ is, you know? Um, Something bugging you still?
1: Yeah, it's just a lot of, like, the microphone arm, the microphone boom is being hit a lot.
0: Gotcha. Anyway, so... Sorry. So, the, the point is that... I wanna encourage you in your faith as I encourage me in my faith, right? Because, you know, I'm not gonna lie and go, Oh, I'm so super happy that we just got smacked with thirty seven hundred more dollars in debt, plus almost eight thousand in taxes. We gotta figure out how to pay. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, whatever. You know, I'm looking at it going, Okay, yeah, to me, like the whole outside world, it looks completely impossible to pay all that off right but what I know is if God can feed 5,000 people with a few pieces of bread and fish then he can certainly meet your need and he can certainly meet my need he can and I do believe that I do believe it I believe it right As little as it is and here's the thing you know and this is the thing I want to encourage you with I really want to encourage you to step out in actual faith you know I'm not talking word of faith I'm not talking declare it and blah blah and all that crap which is which is a load of crap okay I'm not talking about any of that stuff I'm talking about believing God and taking him at his word and actually believing that he will do what he has sent his word to do and accomplish. Because his word says that his word does not return void, and it will accomplish that which he has sent it out to do. Right? And if you're his daughter or his son, then you don't have to worry about anything because he has you in the palm of his hand. He's going to take care of you. He's going to protect you. And he will provide for you, right? That's what his word says. And I can tell you, honestly, I've never gone a day without eating except last week. I did not eat a few days (laughs) after food poisoning slash stomach flu. Uh, But I've never, I have never been without food or shelter, even when I lived in a homeless shelter. And God has always provided what I need. Not always what I want, but what I need. He always has. You know, and so last night I put out a, uh, a request that, you know, I asked in faith if people want to donate to us to help, help with our bill with our dog. I'm putting that out, not because I'm begging and I'm like, oh, please give me money and all that other stuff. But you know what? One thing I've learned and it's, it's been a humbling experience for me is that, you know what? You don't get unless you ask, Right. You know, people don't know your need unless you share what it is. Um, This is a legit need. Some people hate animals. They might not want to give to it. I get it. Um, There are some causes I won't give to. But, you know, if you guys find it in your heart, you want to donate a couple bucks to help us pay off Tuggy Bear's surgery, then we'll take it, okay? Um, Because, frankly, because it's a big bill and... And we tapped out our care credit. And I want to—I do want to say something. My brother this morning, who is my younger brother, he, he called me up. And he and his wife offered to pay uh, $500 towards that bill, which is, is a highly unusual action on their part, just so you know. So $500 has already been paid off. And then one of our, our friends of our show, I'm not going to embarrass them because I know that they wouldn't want me to, but they also donated $150 towards that bill. So we already got that bill down to what what is it sixteen hundred dollars or something now um, down from twenty three hundred bucks. I think it is I don't I'm trying to look at it the... yeah, so now it's sixteen fifty nine so if anybody out there would like to help me and you know bareface pay off our <laughs> our vet our vet bill you know because we care for God's creatures uh, then that would be awesome.
1: You know, it's, it's a tough situation because people will, you know, watch these videos on online, you know, on Facebook, whatever the, the dodo or whatever, or the, right. or the, you know, dog rescue things. And they'll see the dogs that aren't taken care of. And they'll say, and do you know, think what, what meanies, what's wrong with people that they don't, you know, care for their animals I and mean, you shouldn't have an animal if you can't care for it. Right. And so, you know, if you've got a dog that injures its eye and it's rupturing, you know, and he says, what do you do? You know, the other people will just go look at the mountain and say, well, well you know, $2,300, so, you should just put the dog down. You know, it's right. like that's irresponsible. If you don't have that kind of money, you should just put the dog down. You know, you shouldn't have to sell your car, or get a mortgage on your house to, you know, it's, it's not worth it. Then, if it, you know, if the dog can just lose its eye, it should lose its life. Yeah, I just, I I can't put my head there that if the dog is, you know, it's better for the dog to lose its life, then, well, if, it, if he lost his eye, eventually he would lose his life because, you know, infection and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But, you know, to surgically remove the eye would have been just as much as to save the eye. Yeah. And we still don't know if the eye will be saved. Probably, it's looking really good on Which day really two. Good. I
0: mean, it looks good. It actually starts. It's it actually looks like an eye. It's starting to look like an eye.
1: Yeah, but then the the you know, conjunctival uh, graft there. It, you know, it looks it looks looks more wounded than the <laughs> hole it had in it. But that's yeah. That's the way it's supposed to look when it's doing right. When it's
0: yeah. The bottom yeah. line anyway. is, some people are going to be judgmental. Oh yeah, but the irony is that they won't be judgmental of the hi- the the hipster hipsters crooks out there oh. who who are legitimately stealing from people in Jesus' name.
1: Yeah, using you know? the flock.
0: Right, right. Anybody who wants to see this detailed debt bill, we can show it to you. Okay, mm. <laughs> just saying. Uh, but anyway, uh, but you know, my encouragement, and I would hope Bareface would agree, is that this isn't about us and what we see. It's about what the Lord can provide for us and through and
1: and and situations like that and rather than saying no woe is me and this sucks i mean look back to exodus i mean soon after in deliverance from egypt they're up against the red sea right and the egyptian army pursuing it's like well this sucks you bring us out here (laughs) just to die so we get <laughs> killed out here in the waters instead of killed back in egypt you know um uh, you know death by slavery was so much better than death by army and uh, anyway but and what did i i love what uh moses says uh when god tells him to go and you know lift up his staff by the sea um Hebrew it's Hine Yeshua, and behold the sal you know, the Lord's salvation. Right. Uh, and anyway, and so it's when in those dire circumstances that God loves to show himself mighty. Right. So Well if, if you find yourself, I mean, I'm sure there are those of you in more circumstance than we are. I mean ours are just financial and emotional challenges. And emotional because of
0: well, okay. But here's the other thing too. We just got back from a conference, right? Okay. So right. this conference, I will tell you, we met a lot of Christians at this mm-hmm. conference, and this conference was awesome. Indeed, it was not a Christian conference. But what I can tell you is that the Christian principles, the people that talked at this, uh, some of the top um, producers in this country, um, in this company, uh, the Hoffmans, as an example. They gave this, um, here was one of the most powerful things. So John and Darcy Hoffman and their daughter Brielle are top income earners here in Tennessee in the Knoxville area. They've been in the business for a while. They've earned $800,000 in one year, almost a million bucks. They have earned well over a million dollars in this business. But what they shared from in one of their speeches was, well, it was the only speech I heard, was they got up there as a family and they talked about how, um how they had to learn to put God first, family second, and finances, you know and 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 um, you know, their their work, third. And they also talked about how they uh, Darcy talked about how, She was confronted by somebody, a friend of hers, who I guess for seven years never heard her say anything nice about her husband, always had bad things to say about him, Um, never built built him up, you know, pretty much degraded him and put him down. And, you know, she was wholly repentant. And, you know, imagine 4,000 people watching you say this, you know, and basically just repented when she was confronted with by her friend saying you know why don't you talk about your husband how God sees him and the potential that God has for him and build him up and she was convicted by that and actually as a result of her repentant behavior toward him in public he ended up becoming a man of God and God ended up blessing him and their family um and it was awesome i mean it was truly awesome little a awesome but it was still it was very encouraging
1: and the testimony of their daughter brielle she was saying that you know the yeah the you know the the before it was nominal christianity like when she was in single digit ages you know six or seven or you know five six seven whatever it was And then when they, her parents got serious about following the Lord, she saw the transition in them. And then she talked about how God's blessing in their particular lives financially. She talked about the many mission trips she was able to go on and not Mm -hmm. just, uh, not just, uh, participate in, you know, volunteer with a person, but also you know yeah uh, contribute in many ways to
0: and that's that's how it is with some of the other top income earners in this company is that they're people of faith and what they've done is they've sold a membership whether it's identity theft protection or the legal shield plan to help people because this is a company that's all about helping people and look let's let's admit it there are companies out there that don't give a crap about people all they want is their money okay like alcohol companies, <laughs> you know, beer distillation, you know, cereal companies, they don't really give a crap about helping people. But with our service, power's in the palm of your hand, and also pom-pom with your lady of justice. But anyway, you know, the product that we have is a genuine, honest, great product that, you know, we sell it, make money, build a team, make money. Uh, not a lot of money in the beginning, it's not going to happen, but... That's how these people have become, you know, uh, financially well off and it's taken them decades to do it. These people didn't get rich overnight. They didn't build their quote empire overnight, but they learned to serve the Lord and to serve other people, which, which is basically the encouragement of the conference that we came, we just came back from. And, you know, and like I was telling somebody, one of the, the lady of justice ladies, um, I think it's liberal, actually. But I said to her, I said, you know, I spent probably the equivalent of four to five months of what I earn in Ladies of Justice every month to come to this conference. You know, I mean, it was a couple thousand dollars for us to get there. It's all paid off because I put aside the money. But, you know, when you're making $400, maybe 500 high at the high end, that's like... (laughs) you know, and what she said to me, she said, don't look at it that way. Don't look at it as you just spent half a year's worth of your income to come to this conference. Look at it as an investment in your future, what you learned at this conference. And, um, and so that's what I'm doing because that's where you grow. That's where you grow. People who aren't willing to sacrifice anything for what they believe, they don't really believe it. You know, if you, and that's the point of the other thing in the, in the, in Luke chapter nine, where, where it's said here at the end, you know, where Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But for whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? You know what? If you're not willing to lose the whole world for the Lord then do you really, really believe the Lord, you know? And it, and that actually, that principle carries over to the rest of your life. I mean, for me, I wanted to be a therapist so bad that I sacrificed a ton of stuff in order to pay for graduate school and college all those years that I went. You know, I was willing to give up stuff to do it, just like a professional athlete's willing to give up sugar or whatever it is that they need to give up in order to, to get their body in tip-top physical condition in order to make it be, you know. And, and this is where, honestly, leaders and followers differ because the leader is willing to make that sacrifice. The leader is willing to lead by example and say, look, this is how it's done. You know what? No whining, no whimpering, no sniveling, you know. <laughs> if you fall down, get your butt back up and, and try again. Whereas the follower or AKA the cow, if you're not a rhino, the follower is like, well, I can't do it. My toe hurts. I have a headache, Eh," you know, and I'm not going to, you know, they'll come up with any excuse under the sun because it's not, because they really don't want it bad enough. People who tell me, well, I can't do blah, 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 in order to help myself. I go, well, it's not that you can't do it. It's that you won't do it. Money is never an excuse. Trust me on that one, okay? Your motivation is the issue, and, and your ambition is the issue, <laughs> you know? And that's the truth. That's the truth, right? You know, I heard somebody at the conference say, uh, hey, Jeff and Natasha, I see you in there. Um, I heard somebody at the conference say, imagine just for a minute that the person that you loved in the whole world You know they got vitally sick and and it costs ten thousand dollars to get serum in order to make them better you had a week to get the ten thousand dollars or they're gonna die you know if you don't get the serum what would you do well there's no way i can i can't oh well i guess they're just gonna have to die that's some people for sure that would not be me i would be calling everybody i could think of i would be doing whatever i could to get the money in order to save my husband just saying you know and that is the difference that's the difference between being a leader and being a follower being a sniveler and being a superstar that's the difference and as christians we have no excuse but to be the superstar if you will just saying that just you know superstar sniveler you know just kind of have the s theme going on not that you you know i would walk around calling you a superstar but i think you understand my point right okay just saying you know Uh, so with that said now that it's 45 (laughs) minutes into the show uh you know i want to read barb said this is the time for dramatic miracles so go for it ask and you shall receive right anything in accordance with God's will according to his will we will receive it i believe that but i also believe that if you don't ask you don't get it you know james says to ask for wisdom right it, but if you don't ask you're not going to get it you know what i mean so it's kind of like don't sit around and go like well i can't get it you could, you need to ask you know some of you have been so stuck and you're stuck because you're too prideful to ask for what it is you need or want or where you need to go. That's, that's a fact right there. you you, you think you could do it by yourself. You can't. That is one of the big lessons out of this conference too, is you can't do, you can't do life by yourself, people. As much as you want. If you're an introvert, you're one of these people that, oh, I'm scared of people. I don't want to talk to people. You know, I'm going to spend the rest of my life by myself and in my little shell. And what you know what? You're going to be a miserable person. You're going to die by yourself. Nobody's coming to your funeral. Just say, you know, you're miserable. You're going to die the same way you lived. And that's pathetic. You know, you need to knock it off. And you need to get outside yourself and stop being so self-absorbed. And you need to think about other people and grow up. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that out loud. But it's true. Okay, Bareface wants to say something.
1: I just wanted to give a shout out to Commander Root.
0: Commander Root?
1: And Electrical Longboard over on Twitch.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Commander Root and Electrical Longboard?
1: (laughs) Yes, ma'am. All right. It is Twitch after all.
0: Well... Give you a hearty pom-pom cheer. Yay. Okay. Anyway, yeah, have to go back to see what that was about. Okay. Anyway, so do you want to talk about lead story now? Or do you want to comment uh, on anything I just said?
1: Yeah. Let's uh, let's do the, um, <laughs> let's get into our the news part.
0: All right. So, all right. So, Beto O'Rourke, is that how you say it? Or is it Beto? Beto?
1: Oh, you want to start with that one?
0: Robert, well, that's. It's yeah, it's that kind of lead your... story. Yeah. Okay. All right, so Robert, a.k.a. Beto O'Rourke, says here, a Catholic and a presidential candidate for the Democratic Party called for churches and religious institutions to lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose same-sex marriage. Joining other Democratic candidates in defending their respective LGBTQ platform, stances on Thursday evening during a CNN televised town hall, O'Rourke said, there can be no reward, no benefit, no tax break for anyone that denies the full human rights and the full civil rights of every single one of us. As the audience cheered, O'Rourke continued saying, and so as president, we are going to make that a priority and we are going to stop those who are infringing infr- upon the human rights of our fellow Americans. At the CNN, LGBTQ Equality Town Hall, co-sponsored by the pro-LGBTQ human rights campaign. O'Rourke also said that efforts to help people overcome unwanted same-sex attractions, dubbed as conversion therapy by critics, should be illegal because it is tantamount to torture of children.
1: Probably didn't say murder or suicide.
0: (laughs) We will ensure that there are penalties stiff enough, enforcement vigorous enough to make sure it does not continue, he added. O'Rourke took a step further in the direction of stripping churches and charities of, uh, if they oppose same-sex marriage. Then Senator Cory Booker, Democrat, New Jersey, when asked what he would do as President, Booker said there would be, quote, consequences, unquote, for churches and religious institutions stopping short of ending tax exemptions. He did not say outright whether they would lose their exemption status. When asked whether religious education institutions should lose their tax tact- Exempt status if they opposed LGBTQ rights, the senator replied, We must stand up as a nation to say to stay that religion cannot be an excuse to deny people health insurance, education or more, apparently broadening the issue to include private employers. You cannot discriminate, he said. I'm going to make sure that I hold them accountable. Conservative Republican and former business executive Herman Cain tweeted on Friday, Does your church priest preach the gospel? Then Beto, or Beto, whatever, O'Rourke wants to take away its taxed, tax exemption. So, anyway, I'm not going to say anymore because it's kind of long and I'm going to read all that. But I think the point is, is that these people are severely blinded by Satan. And they're misguided for sure. Um, and, and they don't love God at all. They hate God, in fact, and they hate God's ways, <laughs> and uh, they don't know the Lord at all. Uh, so this is what somebody in darkness looks like. Just saying. And,
1: and it's, until recently, anyway, the Catholic Church has been a staunch supporter of natural-slash-traditional-slash-biblical marriage. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so for him to be a Catholic and... So he's gonna, you know, wants to penalize every church that doesn't that champions traditional slash natural slash church. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Denise said it is Beto. Beto.
1: Okay, Beto or Orc.
0: Beto, huh? All
1: right. Yeah. But, okay.
0: Thank you, Denise. And it is but, not a civil right to sin. Well. I no. Mean. Yeah, well, yeah, right.
1: well, he talks about human rights. He didn't say, well, there was mention of civil rights. A uh, legal right is not necessarily a human right. There are, in, there are things that are legal in this country and in others that are rights because they're granted by the law, but they aren't a human right. Um, so to conflate legal rights with human rights <laughs> is in error, I believe. But I'm going to take a different um sort of view on this and take a step back and what are we talking we're talking about taxes exemption except from what taxes basically we're talking about income taxes primarily right and income tax is something that was uh implemented in the early 20th century not originally constitutional but Added by constitutional amendment, not that all constitutional amendments are bad, but that whole um, that whole structure of income tax put um, gave the federal government an extra layer of control uh, by default. It's like you owe us these taxes, and if you're going to be successful, in any way, if you're going to earn income, then you owe us. You can't succeed without giving up to us. You know, we're 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 the the landowners that are going to take a percentage of your produce. Um, you know, like a feudal sort of society, which is the which you know the founding fathers left and wanted to get you know escape from that kind of thing, where everything belonged to the crown or the government and your success was their success. And they wanted to get away from that. And as you read the Constitution before, what, I forget which amendment, 17th Amendment, I remember that. Yeah. Put mm. in.
0: Man, I'm tired. Federal
1: <laughs> income tax. The government, and it worked well for nearly 200 years, uh, fund, funded by tariffs and excise taxes. That is, tariffs, if you want to, you people outside the U.S., Want to bring your goods into this market, you have to pay to do that because you're taking away from produce here and you're taking money out of here as you make money off our citizens. You're taking it back to your country because you're selling your country's goods. Okay, that's fine. You see a bigger market here, but you're going to have to pay to play. Tariffs. Right. Excise taxes. That is when you spend, you pay. We still have excise taxes. There's gasoline taxes and tire taxes and all, you know. Sales taxes and things are like that, but those are more or less discretionary. You know, if you pay this or buy these things, that you're going to pay tax on that. You know, in some things, and it used to be like so-called luxury tax. <laughs> other things carried a you know a higher tax burden. It's like, well, do I need that Mercedes Benz? You know, do I need the the Tesla or the giant? You know. 80 inch TV or whatever. Of course, you know, it used to be those things had the tax on them. they didn't have that back before you know 1912 or whatever. Um but you know, there were I'm just not quick to I'm just using present day examples instead of things from, you know, the early 20th century. You know, taxes on mansions or whatever, you know, uh, you know, silk suits or whatever. There were taxes on those things cuz they were discretionary spending. But they've those things funded the governments, the tariffs and excise taxes. With the implementation, uh, not coincidentally, of income tax as the Federal Reserve came in, where not only the value of money was more or less capriciously uh, defined or determined... You know, just whatever the federal government says it is, which isn't really the federal government. Whatever the Federal Reserve, which is neither federal nor reserve. Anyway, that's a whole other thing.
0: Read Uh, The Creature from Jack Isle. (laughs) Right. That's a good book. If you have not read it, you should read it because it tells you everything about how the Federal Reserve was... So, like not only
1: place. is federal taxation, you know, income tax, rather, not federal tax. So federal tax is fine, tariffs and excise taxes. But income tax, uh, given the federal government an upper hand, you know, an, a default um, uh, sort of uh, obligation. You owe this out of the gate. If you, if you are productive in any way, you owe us. We take a cut. Mm-hmm. It's already a... I you mean, know, the, you know, it's already putting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't, I don't know. know. Let's get simple. It's like a chain okay. on citizenry. In this case, oh, you know, now it's this other thing. It's this is tax exempt that hooked into you, you know, 501c3 and all that. You don't have to pay taxes as long as you play, you know, as long as you agree with us. And you know, you say something we don't like, then we take that away. And if there were not income taxes to begin with, this wouldn't be a threat. Right. And it's just I just see this sort of you know long play of just setting up this this construct where now because of income tax there can be this extra thing held out there as as a punishment if you don't walk in step anyway Mm. and then yeah and of course I mean when you think about unnatural marriage unbiblical marriage
0: it's not marriage.
1: No, it's not. That, I like wish they'd this stop party. calling
0: it marriage. It's yeah. It's not marriage.
1: It 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 has nothing to do mm. with the with the general welfare. Right. of of the nation. It has uh, yeah. It has no direct benefit on, it. and so anyway, to promote that is to is to put again more power in a a centralized oligarchy right
0: Um, so there you have it
1: anyway well too much time in this article
0: so ariel ministries
1: (laughs) nice segue
0: is our sponsor people yeah they are yeah they are yay okay um for at least the end of the year i don't know if we're gonna sponsor if they're gonna keep sponsoring us i hope they do It'd be nice if they did. Ariel.org, those where you go, save twenty percent when you use the coupon code BibleNews. B I B L E N E W S Bible News. What's the spell? Bible news, yay! Just go to ariel.org and use Bible News, to save twenty percent. <laughs> you can get lots of stuff over there. If you guys need recommendations, just hit us up. We can tell you good stuff to get. Alright? Alright. And also if you want to be pillars of our community and I and I have to say thank you to those of you who are you know what every month we get donations from some of you who are our pillars you know of our community you guys we love you you know that cuz you know you you really have no idea how much what you give us even if it's you feel like it's not a ton or whatever hey 5 bucks 10 bucks 25 bucks 100 bucks 200 bucks whatever it is you want to give it helps us in more ways than you know. True story. So if you want to be one of those people, just donate over at our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. Help us to keep doing what we do uh, for the Lord. Because really, this is a heart. I mean, it truly really is, you know, God's called us to this. Uh, and, you know, the enemy will do what he can to try to undermine it and to, you know, to take it away, to stop the voice of reason. You know the biblical voice <laughs> uh, out there, uh, but anyways, thank you guys for your support and um, and of course Legal Shield. I want to share with you um, that if you happen to be one of our Canadian viewers, now Canada is opened all up. Every single province in Canada, Legal Shield, you can now get uh, Legal Shield in every area of Canada. So if you're one of our Canadian buds and you have wanted to sign up for Legal Shield and get our services, get in touch with me because I can sign you up. because uh, Canada is now open everywhere in Canada. And you know what? They are going to, it's finally a free day in Canada where you guys can get legal help that is going to help you in the socialist country that you live in. Okay. And, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but Canada's medical care is definitely socialism. And, um, you know, and, and you need, you need your rights. You need to, you need to be able to protect yourself. Okay. So all of Canada is open. Um, and if you still haven't yet signed up for identity theft insurance, I'm going to give you another reason right here. Actually two reasons to, well, one reason to get legal shield, another reason to get ID shield. Okay. For the first reason is American express, uh, has now admitted to a data breach from an employee trying to commit fraud. Okay. Here's a new story. Um, This isn't in Canada, but this is in America. And I don't know how many of you are American Express holders. I'm not personally, but I do know some people use American Express. Uh, It says here, uh, AMX, um, American Express has sent a data breach notice to a portion of its customers explaining their personal account information may have been wrongfully assessed Accessed rather, (laughs) by one of its employees in an attempt to commit fraudulent activity. The letter from the U.S. based card provider sent September 30th says its employee may have opened accounts at other financial institutions, compromising names, card numbers, billing addresses, dates of birth, and social security numbers. American Express says it immediately launched an investigation into the data breach in response, working with law enforcement agencies to find out who is behind it. The card provider told customers affected to to stay vigilant over the next 12 to 24 months and to enable free fraud and account activity alerts on their American Express app. As a peace offering, the multinational firm, which has $188 billion in assets, offered compromised customers complimentary two-year membership to Experian IdentityWorks, which will help them detect future misuse of their personal data. And immediately identify cases of theft or fraud. Customers already paying for that will get two years free added to their subscription. Also, American Express assured customers whose information was exposed that they will not be held liable for fraudulent charges. And, uh, and of course, it won't say how many customers were actually breached, according to the article. And it says here, I want, I would note that this was not a breach of American Express's systems, but it was a person in question uh, who was an employee who is now no longer an employee of American Express. All the more reason, though, to get your identity theft protection, uh, because whereas this just protects the credit card, our whole service protects everything. And, and I literally mean that. It protects everything. It protects your social, your passport, your credit cards, your phone numbers, your mom's maiden name, all your bank accounts, uh, your social media. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff I can't list. But
1: Yeah, and here they say, oh, you won't be, laug- you won't be liable for fraudulent charges. Well, that's the case with any, any credit, credit card. card. Right. But, okay, so there are fraudulent charges. Oh, you know, you won't be liable for those but what about the effort it takes to, to clear all that up and to chase all that down and say that wasn't mine and blah 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 and that's, I I doubt they're going to reimburse you for that any nope. any time off of work, you know, phone calls et cetera, <laughs> anything you have to you know any copies of stuff you have to get etc.
0: You know, I just signed up a customer here in Tennessee for ID shield three, which we monitor all three bureaus with ID shield three. And she's an older lady. Um, not that much older than me, but let's say 10 years older than me. Um, but, but not real tech savvy. And when I got her the app, she put it on her phone and she saw how many of her emails had already been breached. She was shocked. And I actually told her before she even signed up, I said, you're going to find that all your emails need to be changed. I guarantee you, I promise you, because because with me, it was 15, 15 different things. But anyway, um, my point is, is, is that here's somebody who wasn't tech savvy, who I was trying to help understand the power of the technology. You know, if you have a smartphone you know, this app goes on your phone, and you get those alerts on your phone. I got an alert today on mine for ID Shield, um, and it just gives you that knowledge that you normally wouldn't have. Yeah, you can get your your uh, what do you call it your 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 credit report. Well, let's just be honest. How many like people put that on your your calendar oh today's april 15th i will go ahead and check my credit report yeah i mean people don't do that you just get
1: your free annual credit report your once a year get it free. you see how things have in the past year right well
0: well, why get it when you can have it monitored and you can get you can look at it anytime you want on your phone okay i mean that's crazy anyway so if you want to do that just sign up with me get in touch with me and i will get i will get you signed up um Uh, Go ahead.
1: I just want to add one more thing. A lot of these things I see, and I get these alerts about uh, these um, email and/or password um, dark web alerts. Yeah. Uh, what ID Shield alerts you to is that you know we're not talking about you know financial institutions and American Express or whatever. inside. you know, a lot of times when you buy pot holders from mom and pops, you know. <laughs> You know, country store. What? Oh, create an account. You know, and you put in your email and you create a password and you create an account there. These things are hacked often. All the time. Yeah, all the time. And they're not reported. They don't get reported in the news. You know, mom and pop's country store. But then people say, oh, they've got a name and they've got a password they've hacked. And they sell it out there on the dark web. And that's one reason people do not use the same password for everything because they'll you know they'll right. get it for mom and pops you know oven mitt store <laughs> and then and that'll be up for sale somebody buy it and they'll try it in different places and heck, it could be your bank with the same password whatever and then yeah okay. but so when what do you want hmm? when your email or email and passwords stolen from these various places show up on the dark web for sale, then you get these alerts, and then it's okay. you know. So even your own email or whatever, and it'll often, sometimes it'll tell you the site that where they got it, and so that tells you, go in and change your password for that, and otherwise you would never know, because those places don't tell you that. Nope. Anyway, back to you
0: back to me well anyway so it says here that um uh well anyway so that's one thing all right so now let me look at this article has your newborn's identity already been stolen this is a new article over on abcnews.com and it says here um Imagine discovering that your newborn's brand new social security number has already been used to construct what Eva Velasquez, president and CEO of the Identity Theft Resource Center, calls a Frankenstein monster of identity. Parents may discover their newborn's tarnished social security number when they try to use it to file taxes, apply for government benefits, or attempt to freeze the baby's credit. Suddenly, an application or tax form is kicked kickbacked, and the parents go, what are you talking about? They don't even know... What this means, says Velasquez, whose nonprofit helps victims of identity theft, and through no fault of their own, they're left holding the bag, and they are the ones that are now responsible for cleaning up the mess. An identity theft victim at birth? The rise in sy- synthetic identity theft where criminals piece together a fake consumer is an unintended consequence of Social Security number random randomiz- randomization. There you go which was initiated in 2011 to expand the pool of available numbers. Old social security numbers had clues to geography and birth dates to, in the digits. Randomizing the numbers made it harder for scammers to guess them but also made it harder for creditors to spot the bogus use of a social security number on an application. Before random in it, random in it, random, in it, random in it, randomization people uh, criminals typically purchase minor social security numbers on the black market or track down the numbers of dead children, but now sometimes the number is just completely made up. Fraud detection measures used previously have become ineffective because it's no longer possible to pair a social security number with a location or approximate age. Criminals often start with a not yet, not yet you, not yet issued social security number to create a fake identity. If it works, the number becomes attached to a credit file for a consumer who doesn't exist. Anyway, it goes on talks more about that. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But what I will say is that in 2017, these identity theft services that track this stuff said that over 1 million children had their identities stolen in 2017 alone. 1 million. Which is why with our ID Shield product, our family plan covers the parents or domestic partners, and ten children under 18 years old, for 30 bucks a month, for the three bureau plan. For the two bureau or the one bureau plan, it's it's uh, 25 bucks a month. So why would you want to get that one? We can get five bucks more and get you know a million dollar insurance policy and stuff, um, and get all three bureaus monitored. And I can tell you that I'm probably going to put together some type of identity theft workshop and explain some of this more because the more I've researched this, you guys, it is insane the type of identity theft that these people are coming up with. I mean, seriously, and I don't know about how many of you, you know, when you think about your social security in general, like I was born in New York, you know, and my brother's social security number is one, one number different than mine actually funny when he I asked him for it. I was like, hey, can I have your social? He's like, what do you want it for? I'm like, uh if you wanna get like benefits from dad's death, you need to give it to me so I can give it to social security, you know, for my dad, you know, for when my dad dies, our dad dies. Promise you'll give it to anybody. I'm like, why would I what what am I gonna do with your social security number, you butthead? I mean that <laughs> that's like you know, but my point in, say, <laughs> in saying that is that, you know, going back to the olden days, you know, uh, my social and my brother's social, we're 18 months apart. Our numbers are one number apart because we were born in the same place, you know, and not too far apart. But anyway, um, but now they do randomize it. Yeah, they do. Nailed it, people. Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. One other thing. Yesterday, the governor of Tennessee actually declared a day of prayer and fasting here in Tennessee. One of the most holy states in the land. Yeah, we are. We're the volunteer state. Yes, where you can come and get your heart blessed here in middle Tennessee. Um, Anyway, Um, so there's an article that was supposed to be funny okay just laugh you know don't be like a stick in the mud okay all right anyway it says here news news flash fox news flash top headlines for october 10th are here check out what's clicking on foxnews.com <laughs> that's funny that it said that anyway the governor of tennessee declared Thursday as a day of prayer, humility, and fasting for the volunteer state, but an atheist group is claiming the initiative is a disservice to the Constitution.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, Republican Governor Bill Lee, along with his wife Maria Lee, invited all Tennesseans who wish to participate to join us in a day of prayer for this remarkable state we are blessed to call home earlier this month for the day set aside on October 10th. I wanted to share with you something I've had on my heart these nine, these nine months since I've become governor, Lee said in a video posted on Twitter. Everywhere that Maria and I travel to across this great state, we're met with countless numbers of people that come up to me and say, Governor, we're praying for you and for Maria and for your family. I want you to know that we deeply appreciate those prayers because we know that God hears them. He added, we know that prayer accomplishes much. Prayer strengthens our families and it strengthens our communities. It strengthens our relationship with our neighbors. It strengthens our relationship with God himself. But not everyone not everyone is a fan of the proposal people. Yeah, no they're not. Uh, The co-presidents of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, Dan Barker and Annie Laurie Gaylor, Wrote an op ed in the Knoxville News Sentinel calling Lee's proclamation inappropriate and a disservice to the Constitution and his citizens. The, of establish- they did. the establishment clause of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution prohibits government sponsorship of religious messages, as the governor must know.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> the leaders of the Wisconsin based atheist group wrote, encouraging the governor to issue a proclamation celebrating the freedom of of conscience afforded by the constitutional separation between religion and government. David Plazzi, Plazis, Plazis, whatever, the director of opinion and engagement for the USA Today Network wrote a similar op-ed in the Nashville Tennessee, entitled Governor Bill Lee's Call to Pray Does Not Violate the Law But It Creates a Slippery Slope. Plazis wrote, There are some problematic passages in Lee's proclamation for a day of prayer on Thursday, That challenged the spirit of the Constitution's Religious Freedom Clause because his words create the impression that the governor is speaking for all Tennesseans when it comes to their faith or lack of religious affirmation. However, Jeremy Dice, First Liberty Institute Special Counsel for Litigation and Communications, told Fox News's Lee, Lee's proclamation is consistent with some of the most cherished and long-standing traditions in our country, traditions the Supreme Court recently explained bear a presumption of constitutionality. Presidents and governors alike have issued proclamations urging citizens to pray since the earliest days of our nation, Dice said. The First Amendment to the Constitution supports Governor Lee's proclamation in the same way. It approved of similar proclamations from George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Franklin D. Roosevelt 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 Roosevelt. Um, but wait go ahead so the the fruffer people the freedom Ruff. the freedom from religion people dan barker and Lori
1: annie Lori yeah whoever
0: whatever annie laurie gaylor these these people are miserable people i mean they're just depressed they need therapy i think they they are on a mission from the devil to try to stop prayer, right? They're so obsessed with it. It's like they've been doing this forever. And Dan, he was a believer at one point, and he left the faith. And so this is an example of an apostate, somebody who just hates God for whatever reason. God, you know, he's uh. cle- he's clearly an apostate. He's set aside as a vessel of dishonor according to the book of Romans. Just go read it. You'll see it. And, you know, he's kind of a pest. And so just pray for him that maybe God would soften his heart like like he did Pharaoh's heart. You know, and these people are just stupid. They just knock it off because it's, it's like, yeah, anyway.
1: Anyway, first, this announcement. I know where all the noise is. I see your arm is like resting against the springs of the... Yeah, and every time we move, it's, you can go back, check the replay. But, quiz, for all out there, how many know what the first word of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, what we call the First Amendment is, if you look at the text, anyway, but, the, anyway, what's referred to as the First Amendment, the Establishment clause, clause, does anybody know what the first word of that is? Okay, Um need to look at the, is anybody (coughs) people googling it right now? Wait,
0: let them google it. Oh. I have to stay in the box. I keep forgetting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna look over there. Um.
0: I forgot to get myself some water.
1: And nothing, um. Hey, swiftly 75. Um.
0: So Rhett quickly wrote over on YouTube this funny comment. He wrote, "Trace the history of the of all the self-professed Christian churches. Only the Catholic Church goes back to Jesus Christ in 33 A.D. Every other church was created by men much later. It's a fact of history."
1: Okay. So... It's a
0: it's a it's a fact of revisionist history. Do you watch the revisionist history channel by any chance? Because you know that's probably where you learn that.
1: Well, if you mean the Catholic Church, Catholic, I mean hmm. universal well, church, probably, yes, the universal church.
0: I don't think that's... What but if
1: you mean the Roman Catholic Church, as would, where the Pope is, is the supreme ruler, the, the Holy Pope, See and all that. Our
0: current Pope has got some emotional the, problems.
1: The, 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 yeah, the, the Roman Catholic Church is an outcome of the Holy Roman Empire, going back to Constantine and, uh, yeah... It's a fact of history. Check it out <laughs> in early church writings. Yeah. There, there was no Roman Catholic church in the first or second century.
0: I love uh, the I love the assertions of our people who tune in for five seconds so if and, then they, yeah, and then so they if you're talking away. about
1: Catholic church as in the, as what the word means, Catholic as a, universal, universal. Church, church. But nowadays when people talk Catholic church, they're usually talking the Roman Catholic church with the... Uh, the papal hierarchy mm. and all that. That's that's well, not a
0: Yeah. I um, have I have problems with the Roman Catholic Church.
1: Anyway, so Yeah, I do. Anyway, the first word of the first amendment. I didn't see it over there on Facebook or 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 YouTube or, or Twitch.
0: Quick, Barb, Denise, if you're still watching, give anyway, us the answer to the question. The,
1: the, anyway, I'll just jump in for sake of time, it's twenty two minutes after the hour. First word is Congress. Congress Congress shall make no law C
0: O N G R E S anyway. S Congress
1: All right Is Tennessee Governor Bill Lee is he a member of the House or the Senate? Uh neither. He's not even the federal government. He's a state government. Uh, you know, what about, you know, this mayor or this city council or whatever? As far as I know, they're not any member of the federal government, let alone a member of Congress. Not a member of the House of Representatives or the Senate. They're they're not part of the federal, you know, the Congress of the federal government. The First Amendment is about limiting the powers of Congress, much like (laughs) much of the United States Constitution, the Constitution of the United States of America. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof declaring a a, a state governor declaring a day of prayer and fasting is not congress making the law a city council having an invocation and meeting is not congress making the law Okay, so just whether we can argue all day about what an establishment of religion is, whether that's a particular denomination, whether that's a particular just wholesale faith, like Christianity or, you know, Islam, not breaking it down to Sunni or Shiite or, you know, you know particular denominations or whatever, you know, we can argue all day about what an establishment of religion is. But there should be no arguing about what Congress is in the First Amendment, and what a law is a law uh a law made by congress the, there shouldn't be any discussion about that so it just it just humors me and angers me when we got the people like from furth saying well the governor should know that the first amendment you know prohibits government endorsement of religion no it prohibits congress making any law that respects an establishment of religion or prohibits the free exercise thereof. So anyway, well, Bill Bill but... Lee is not a member of Congress. Let's let's weaken again. Well, let's let's debate what establishment of religion is. But if he's saying let's have a, a day of, you know, prayer and fasting, is he prohibiting the free exercise of religion?
0: I would say that Dan is out of order, people.
1: Yeah, it's just...
0: And his wife, too. The fur fru people are out of order.
1: It's just... You know, right. It's just crazy that we allow this. Well, what is an establishment of religion? Well, freaking, let's get to the first few words. Congress shall make no law respecting.
0: Do you want the gavel?
1: Yeah. No. Sure. No, Go
0: it's ahead. not... just it, feel the power it, in the palm of not, your hand. It's not necessary. No, just hold it. Yes, dear. Okay, just... just. Do you feel more powerful now?
1: Congress shall make no law. (laughs) It's about the U.S. Congress.
0: I might have to buy him a gavel for Christmas.
1: And guess what? The House of Representatives don't make law. The Senate does not make law. (sighs) It's the two houses together, signed by the president, or in case it's veto, it's two-thirds of both. Anyway, you know... Together they make the law. It's, it's, it's not a mayor. It's not a governor. It's not a whole city freaking council.
0: And remember, when a bill becomes a law on Schoolhouse Rock, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that tells you how it happens. I'm
1: just a bill, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Congress shall make no law. <laughs> when Re-
0: the media actually did something helpful.
1: <laughs> respecting the establishment of religion. And you have to go back to the 18th century to understand what is meant by respecting in English at that time. Anyway... Make no law respecting establishment religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So if you say you can't do that, you can't put the Ten Commandments there. You can't do that. You can't do that. that would be prohibiting the free exercise of religion. So the yeah. anti-establishment clause is, is not. It's it's saying federal government, those who make laws, Congress. Keep your stinking hands off religion. Don't don't regulate it in any way. Don't say you have to do this. You have to do this, or you can't do this. You can't do that. Anyway,
0: Denise said the Constitution is like the Bible. We pick and choose how it reads. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, and that's the irony of it all, right, Denise? I I you know I've said this for years that the Bible is one of the only. Documents or books in the world that people can take, pick and choose pieces of it, and make it say whatever the heck they want. And they do the same thing with the Constitution, as Janet Parshall taught me years ago. I can do
1: all things through a verse taken out of context,
0: right? But you know, listening to Janet Parshall on her show a long time ago, Janet Parshall's America. One of the very first things I learned from Janet was that you know, there's two worldviews when it comes to the Constitution. There are the strict constructionists that believe that you know. Hey,
1: it says what it means and it means what it says.
0: Exactly. What it says is what you take it literally. But then there's the other part, read liberals and Marxists, communists, socialists, Marxist wackos, who actually believe that the Constitution is this breathable and flexible document that you can make to say whatever the hell you want. <laughs>
1: The, the times dictate what <laughs> right. it is. Right. And,
0: and, and somehow. It's,
1: it, it's devoid of meaning in and of right. itself. So it's the like. Culture superimposes meaning on it. It was meant to be meaningless by itself. We have to impose a meaning of. Good night.
0: Right. Well, so the point is, is that with the Bible, the Constitution, it's either breathable, it flows with the times, or it actually literally means what it says, which, you know, we wouldn't do it with the Orange County Register, the Dallas Times, whatever. We, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't dare. But, you know, anyway, okay, so there's a question from Jessica. May I ask a question? What do you think about what that Israel versus U.S. on war that is happening right now? So, Israel Israel versus U.S. versus U.S. on uh, war. So, there's an Israel versus U.S. war happening right now? Hmm. Well, I don't know about the war that you're talking about. But what I will say is that America is standing by Israel, as far as I know, because President Trump actually supports Israel, unlike the previous illegal occupant of the White House. Um... And I think that when America decides to not support Israel, I think we're screwed. Yeah, I do. I think because we need to support Israel because God's chosen land is Israel. And God's word says that those people who bless Israel will be blessed. Those people who don't, won't be. And I know some people are like, oh, it's controversial. But that's what I believe because I believe the Bible speaks to that. And, um, you know... Just saying, I I, I think, I mean, my sponsor is a Messianic Jewish ministry, Ariel Ministries. I actually found out I'm Jewish like a couple years ago. I'm barefaced. My husband's also part Jewish. Um, My Messiah's Jewish, just so you know. Uh, So regardless of our government, if our government decided to lose its mind and not support Israel like they did when Obama was our president, um, you know, I would still, I would still support Israel. I actually used to. We used to actually have an Israeli flag hang outside our house at one point in California. So, and
1: I think it's a di- Well, it's after nine thirty now, but real yeah. quick, I think it's important to differentiate differentiate between Israel as a political.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't agree with all the politics. Yeah.
1: And Israel as a people, right? And the promised geography, right? You know, the land promised to uh, Avraham, Yitzchak, and uh, Yaakov. And Abraham,
0: Isaac, and Jacob. For us normal people.
1: Normal people. Yeah. I am abnormal. Yeah, you are. I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but I love the, you. You're super my, cute.
1: That and and the Israel of God yeah. mentioned in Romans chapter 10 or 11. Anyway. Probably 12. Anyway. Maybe. Nine.
0: Eight. No.
1: Anyway. The, <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to make that differentiation. When we say, you know, we're pro-Israel, that doesn't mean...
0: Hey, you know what? Here's the thing you should do. You should go back through our archives. We interviewed a guy named named Dr. Craig von Busick uh, a couple of weeks back. If you go back through our archives, we interviewed him about the book that he wrote about Israel and just the miraculousness of how Israel was was formed. Actually, I finally got a copy. He sent it to me. Um, You know, he was on the 700 Club and and all of that. It's a great interview. And anybody, you know, uh, who understands the Bible, first of all, most churches don't even teach you about Israel. So, you know, that's the sad part. But, you know, Israel is, is, you know, is important. (laughs) The New Jerusalem is just, just so you know, that's, we're all going to end up in Israel at some point. Right? Okay, good. So we got somebody who supports Israel. That's good. Yeah. And, you know, I look at Israel and I I laugh because, you know, Israel is the only Jewish nation surrounded by complete Muslim nations, and somehow it's more powerful than all those Muslim nations combined. And it's small, like New Jersey, and it's still there. Just saying. And if God doesn't exist, explain Israel. I mean, you can't. You can't. You know, and the only reason America was attacked was because we support Israel. You know, I mean, that's that's the way it is. And it's it's uh it's unfortunate. And what's really unfortunate is the rise of anti-Semitism within the church. I mean, you got that whole idea of replacement theology. that The church replaces Israel, which is nothing but a, a bad theology straight from the pit of hell. Because the devil don't like God. He doesn't like Israel, just so you know. Anyway, <clears throat> so that's the short answer. <laughs> uh, any other questions, comments before we we sign off? I actually did have an article titled uh, um, um, "Pope Tells Atheist Jesus Was Not a God at All," outrage ensues, and. Um,
1: you want to catch it tomorrow?
0: We could. Yeah, this was over on the Freethinker website, Patio's blog. Uh, but it was basically an article talking about how um, Pope Francis um, interviews a guy named Eugenio Scalfari, who's a 95-year-old atheist. And um, he basically is claiming that the Pope has denied that Jesus was actually God. <laughs> And what we do know about the Vatican and all that stuff—it's it, just like, well, hello. <laughs> well,
1: it's the only true church, Stacey. Lynn. Well, it's the original church founded in eighty thirty three. I—I just for those who joined in late, you had to see that.
0: Yeah. Well. The comment. <sighs> all right. Well, anyway, uh, so I think I think that's it. All right. Okay, people, I guess that's it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you guys. Hey, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. I just want to end the show by by saying thank you to all of you guys who tune in, who support us. Uh, if you haven't joined my text message list, you can do that by texting Bible News to 33222. It's, it's probably been scrolling there like the whole time. Um, and also... Um, just want to say thank you to those of you guys again, who donate to us, who actually help us out, support us. Cause you believe in, you believe in what we do. Um, you know, and I know some of you, you're still trying to feel us out to see if we're real or not real authentic. <laughs> we are, you know, and, and I could give you referrals of people in our audience who've actually met us, uh, in person, uh, who, you know. Hey, what you see is what you get. Are we perfect? Nope. Uh, but honestly, you know what you see is what you get, and um, you know we're not full of crap. Just so you know, <laughs> especially after having food poisoning. Yeah, I, I do. To, I do have to just share this this one thing. This is funny. I got. I do have to share this testimony about Legal Shield. So. So I got sick at Dave and Buster's in Utah, right? And me and my friend Tracy had the same food, with the same time, had the same meal, and um, she came back to our Airbnb with us to, to spend the night up until early morning because she had a very early flight and her roommate had left the hotel. So they decided just to, you know, we, we said, hey, there's room at our Airbnb, come and stay with us. By the way, if you guys have never stayed at Airbnbs, you really need to just nix all hotels from now on, uh, you know, unless you absolutely have to stay in a hotel, just chuck the hotels. I'm, I hate to say it because, you know, why would you want to put Marriott out of business? But whatever. Anyway, the um, Airbnbs are awesome. So, so we both got sick and... So I called Dave and Busters up and of course they're like, Well, we haven't had any other complaints and you're it and and essentially you're full of crap that, you know, you got sick on our food was essentially what their their attitude was. So I picked up my phone and I called the emergency number for Legal Shield. Um because I was like, hey, I have to cancel my flight because there's no way I'm going to get on a flight and I'm going to be barfing and having diarrhea the whole trip. That's not going to happen. Turned out God was good. Our flight ended up getting canceled. I still find that a miracle because what's the likelihood? Uh, it did. We were able to get on another plane for no cost, which was a complete miracle. That was—I mean—that was I mean, that was $700 savings like that. Um, I'm still in shock that that actually happened. But... Um, you know, I, I used LegalShield and I used the emergency number and that wasn't constituted as an emergency, but I did call them up, um, yesterday after calling, um, back Dave and Buster's and saying, Hey, you know what? My friend went to the doctor yesterday and her doctor said she had food poisoning. And I said, I'm just trying to get you guys to acknowledge that we got sick with your food, but they won't acknowledge it. They keep telling me that, well, you know, you got the stomach flu, because that's part of what I was told when I went to the doctor, which was another debt we incurred, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, so I called Legal Shield up yesterday, and I talked to an attorney about this case. And what they said was, they said that, there is no way I can prove that we actually got food poisoning from Dave and Buster's in Utah, because they didn't do blood work and they didn't—they weren't able to to track the salmonella or whatever it is that I got sick off of. Uh, but what they recommended, and they sent me an email today, was they recommended that I contact the the Utah uh, Department of Health, uh, their food division, and report Dave and Buster's to them so that they could come out and investigate, make sure that their uh, facility is up to par. (sighs) Meanwhile, however, I called Dave and Buster's back, talked to one of the managers, and she's like, ma'am, you know, it's not our food, you know, our chicken comes in, it's pre-cooked, etc., blah, blah. You know, I get this big, long speech for about 20 minutes, and then she rudely, essentially hung up on me. I'm like, okay, that's not good. And then... Uh, so then I called him back and I said, look, I need to get the last name of that manager because uh, I'm talking to my lawyer right now. And I just, you know, I need that for my Mbo. And I'm, I'm polite this whole time. I'm totally like I'm talking now. I mean, I'm not mad. I'm not yelling at them. I'm just saying, this is a matter of fact, I'm finding this weird that me and my friend Tracy ate the same meal. Got, we got, we got like sick from, you know, and So then I got this other phone call from Dave and Buster's, another person, yesterday. And they were like, uh, you know, so we hear that you you contacted the lawyer. We kind of want to talk you through this. And Anyway, they were really nice and everything. I said, look, they're like, what is it that you want? I said, I want you guys to acknowledge that there is a reason that me and my friend both got sick eating the same food at the same time because we ordered the same meal, and they wouldn't do it. And so I was like, okay. And so the lady's like, hey, you know, tomorrow on Saturday I'm getting married, but, you know, I want to let you know I'm escalating this to corporate. I'm going to have them call you tomorrow, and they'll call you before Saturday. So I'm like, okay. So this afternoon, did I tell you, Randall, they called me this afternoon? Uh, no, no. So this afternoon, I get another phone call. I answer it. Didn't know who it was. I answered it. Hello. And and they're like, Sis, may I talk to Stacey? I said, I said, this is me. And they're like, hi, this is um, so-and-so from Dave & Buster's. We're, we're from the corporate office. We heard that you contacted your attorney about some food that you had with us recently. And we're calling to kind of rectify the situation. Can you explain the situation? I said, well... You already know the situation I <laughs> said the situation is that I got sick, and my friend Tracy got sick. we had the same meal at the same time and and the lady's like, "Oh well, we're really sorry to hear that that happened and and but you know there's really no way you can prove it. and I said, "Well, I already know that because I talked to my lawyer and that's what they said, but they told me I could call the the health department on you, you know if I wanted to." <laughs> and so she's like well what is it exactly that you want and I said well I said I want you guys to to like admit because your other person admitted you people had sick people with the stomach flu working in your kitchen the same day that me and my friend ordered the exact same meal and we got sick at your place and she's like well you know we could do that but you know Maybe what we need to do is we need to get you to our uh, um, our higher our next higher up level for customer relations and to see if we can gift you with something or whatever. And I said, look, I'm not looking for anything. I'm not looking for a hundred dollar gift certificate. I'm not looking for a T-shirt. I'm not looking for anything. I mean, if you'd like to give me that, that would be awesome. But I said, that's not what I'm looking for. She goes, well, do you want to talk to the person? And I said, I don't know. What do you think? She goes, I think it would be in your best interest to talk to him. I said, okay. And meanwhile, though, the other person that I talked to said, Stacy, I just have to tell you, you're one of the nicest people that we've talked to who's ever gotten sick at our restaurant. And I said, I am? And they said, yeah, believe me, we got some pissed off people that we've talked to before. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, look, I said, I, I said, I'm just having a problem with the fact that me and my friend both ordered the chicken tacos and we both ate them at the same time. And then a couple hours later, we came back to our apartment at Airbnb and we both got sick and I lost almost eight pounds in less than a day because I vomited seven big times and you know what else came out of me just the other side just saying and you know it was funny because they're like yeah we've been sick before I get it you know we're so you know that was such an unfortunate experience but we're not sure what you want from us I said I want you guys to acknowledge that somehow me and my friend who went to the doctor and the doctor said she had food poisoning and I went to the doctor and they told me that it was a, probably a combo of food poisoning and the stomach flu. Well, we can't really do that, but maybe we can escalate this to a higher level. I said, okay. She said, but we're really concerned that you contacted your lawyer. I said, well, you know, just saying. I said I was in town at a legal shield convention <laughs> where other people got it. Anyway, I'm just sharing the, I'm sharing that because... If you don't think saying you called a lawyer has any power, it does. Just saying, I'll let you know how it goes. I have no idea what they're going to do. I don't even know if there's any Dave and Buster's here in Tennessee. If I if they decide to give me something, I don't even know if I would have anywhere to go to redeem it. And the one lady's like, the last lady, she's like, well, you know, normally we would go ahead and comp a meal or something. But, you know, usually if somebody gets super sick at our restaurant, they don't want to come back here and eat. And I'm thinking, but, you know, you guys have a ton of video games. I could go and play, you know, the video game. And it was funny because um, one of the um, committee members, she was like, hey, you, let's go play this game. And so me and Randall with her daughter, we went and we played this game where you smashed the, the. I don't even know what it was, but but it was fun. Not that you needed to know that part, but <laughs> anyway. So there you are, people.
1: Say goodnight, Stacy Lynn.
0: <sighs> Good night, Stacy Lynn. Alright, be bold, people. Stand up, go with God, get legal shield and identity theft protection. <laughs> Cause he loves you. Yeah, he does. <laughs>